Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Fanboy. Today, I have my friend Will joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. No problem. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. See, it's been a minute. See you as we're doing Zoom because yeah. of COVID. I wouldn't be doing these in person usually, but because of COVID, we're doing over over Zoom. However virtual it may be, it's still good to see yes. you. Yes, 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 yes. The same. I hear you have a confession for me. Yeah, I do. So, you know. I'm waiting. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Forgive me, fanboy, for I have sinned. <laughs> I have never seen the movie The Princess Bride. Ugh. Yeah, I know. You told me this no. and my heart sank. But for, <laughs> for our listeners who who may not have seen The Princess Bride, but I doubt it because I'm sure everybody has seen that except for you. The Princess Bride was released in 1987. It's a fantasy adventure comedy. It was directed and co-produced by Rob Reiner. It stars Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright, Mandy Patinkin, Chris Strandon, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, and Christopher Guest. It's adapted from a book a uh, 1973 novel by William Goldman called The Princess Bride, of course, tells a story of a farmhand named Wesley, accompanied by companions befriended along the way who must rescue his true love, Princess Buttercup, from the odious Prince Humperdinck. The film essentially preserves the novel narrative style by presenting the story as a book being read by a grandfather, Peter Falk, to his sick grandson, Fred Savage. So obviously, I think you probably knew that much about it. I had a general idea of the movie. Yeah. I just, it was, it was one of those things where it's, it's funny when you have a movie like the princess bride, where it's become so much of the pop culture lexicon yeah. where it's like, so I know all the quotes. I know like inconceivable. I know yeah. all the other things. And so it's almost like I've seen the movie, but I haven't actually seen yeah. the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no. Tell me why have you not seen this movie? It's just one of those things that never really came across my radar. And if, if it ever did, like, I mean, well, if it ever did pop up on like one of the streaming services, I was always like distracted by something else or be like, oh, yeah. I'll make sure I come back to that and watch it later. And then I just yeah. never did. And you never you never wish to seek it out because it is that was so, yeah. like you said, it's so ingrained in the culture that I just can't imagine being nerdy at all or if somewhat of a nerd wanting to see this movie. That's the thing. It was just like I. I, it, there's there's some movies out there I feel like where you have to be in the right mood to watch them even if you haven't seen mm. them before or if you have seen them before you no, have I to be like that. oh you know what I really want to check out right now you know and the Princess Bride was one of those movies for me even, yeah. despite how amazingly popular it is et cetera et cetera a great cast of people that you've recognized from other things yeah and yeah it just never I just never got there well I am super excited for you to watch this because I can't wait to hear what you think because I mean I watched it back <laughs> in '87. And I was, what, uh, 17? Did you get to see it in theaters? Yes, I got to see it in theater. Nice. So it was amazing. It's always stuck with me. It's one of those movies that you can just watch constantly. But I'm really looking forward to seeing someone, because this is an older film. I mean, it's almost 30 yeah. years old. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective of a 30-year-old movie, to see if it still holds up, to see, especially since you kind of already know. It wouldn't surprise me if it does. I mean, there's a lot of movies out there that still hold up really well, despite how old they are. I mean, like case in point, last last month I watched Jaws for the first time. Oh Just my God. I had I had a Jaws shirt for years, <laughs> and I hadn't yet seen the movie. Uh, but so finally, like I, I I watched it, and it's great. It's a great oh, movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, that's that's another episode. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna send you off. Go watch it, and then you'll come back, and we'll discuss it, and you can tell me how great it was. We'll do. I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm glad to. Find 
finally have something like this to force my hand to like yeah, actually yeah. Like go out and watch it. So I'm looking yeah, forward to other, it. Other people have said that too, so it's always fun. All right, cool. <laughs> so we'll talk to you, I guess, in a few seconds. But for you, it'll be, you know, however long it takes you to watch the movie. So, all right, we'll talk to you when you get back. Looking forward to it, Kenny. Thanks very much. Now, a clever man would put the poison into his own goblet because he would know that only a great fool would reach for what he was given. I'm not a great fool, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. But you must have known I was not a great fool. You would have counted on it, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You've made your decision then? <laughs> not remotely. Because Iocane comes from Australia, as everyone knows. And Australia is entirely peopled with criminals. And criminals are used to having people not trust them, as you are not trusted by me, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. Wait till I get going! Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. And you must have suspected I would have known the powder's origin, so I can clearly not choose the wine in front of me. You're just stalling now. You'd like to think that, wouldn't you? All right, so you just watched Princess Bride. I did. Overall, what'd you think? Uh, it was it was good. Uh, I enjoyed a lot of things about it. Um, strangely, I don't feel like the need to watch it again, okay. uh, kind of for the same reasons that I hadn't seen it before. Like, it's so... It's become so much threaded into the pop culture that it's like, I, I know the movie, I can mm-hmm. quote it, et cetera, et cetera. But I, f- I feel better for having at least seen it properly and can genuinely like reference the movie and not just, you know, pull it from a textbook, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, I know there's a little bit of nostalgia because I saw this one, you know, in 87, I was 17. So it has a little bit of nostalgia, there, but I can watch this over and over again. Um, and some movies, I'm sure there's some movies you could do that too. And then I would say, no way. Oh, absolutely. There's no way I'd watch it. Everybody, everybody yeah. has their own. Everybody has their own uh, personal yeah. uh, cache yeah. of yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, now, tell me who your favorite character would be. Uh, torn, torn between Inigo and uh, Inigo and Wesley. Okay. Uh, strangely enough, like almost almost a tie because of the camaraderie between them. Like just they just boost each other up so high. They, yeah. um, but I, I feel like maybe I'd put Inigo slightly before Wesley. But they're both excellent characters. Yeah. Not that not that this movie was short of great characters. There are like so many great like bits and yeah. like actors who you end up realizing like you recognize from other things or would like go on to have their own projects yeah i was actually in the i was uh listening to after i'd watched the movie I'd, i started listening to this episode of a podcast where they do like a deeper dive on the movies and talk about like the backstory behind mm-hmm. them and stuff and just i got more and more fascinated with this where it was like it's kind of like if you don't have a proper knowledge about something after you attempt it for the first time you don't truly respect it but mm. like realizing like this like william goldman wrote the story and then like everybody else that they had like acting in it um the people who they had is uh, stunt choreography i think having among such of their students errol flynn and burt mm. lancaster so that explains some of the excellent fencing but we're getting ahead of ourselves so <laughs> that's always cool no but that is true though the more because I, I i've always worked behind the scenes so i work in post-production so and i work in front of the camera so i just kind of work with what's in front of me yeah so it's always nice when you when I see something and I know how much work really went into that, when I hear how much trouble they have, or when I watch something that I produced or that I did in post, and people are like, oh, my God, that was amazing. I'm like, yeah, it was three months of hell to get that. I'm glad <laughs> you it, love it, but it sucked every minute, you know? And that is something that I have learned, like, from working on film sets and such like that. Like, I've, 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 it's generated an immense respect for everybody who's working behind the camera yeah. and behind the scenes and whatnot. And I don't know. I, I guess it's just with movies that – you don't, if you, unless you were an integral part of the process or if you follow any of the people like 
with a fervor that yeah. you don't really know. It's not until you start digging underneath the surface and you're like, oh, wow, there's a bunch of people in this who were great from other things. Yeah. And so this was just kind of like the, a great coalescence of yeah. minds. Yeah. And the fact that you're seeing this so late in the game that all these people have gone on to do, do amazing yeah. things. Absolutely. This this was early in a lot of their careers. Yeah. In fact, in fact, as I understand it, a bunch of people like got their careers from from this movie, like Carrie Elwes, Robin Wright. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So you got two favorites. Uh, I agree about their camaraderie. I always liked their friendship. Just the respect they had for each other and the honor. They actually, you know, because there is honor among thieves, as they say. Yeah. And these two guys truly were that. Absolutely. You know. They rec- they recognize each other's skill. The repartee definitely reflects that as well as the uh, as the uh, fencing scene, which is like their first like engagement. Yeah. yeah. Which they did themselves, which is amazing. Yeah. That was that was some excellent uh, fight choreography. Um, it was a really entertaining scene to watch. Yeah. And also just like even before they get there, when they're having the whole like, oh, I respect you enough to like let you catch yes. your breath and we can talk a little bit. I thought it was great. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. But, you know, it's something something you don't really see anymore in movies no. or just in general, I think. No, there is no respect for your opponent. Yeah. You know, uh, they were they could have killed each other. I mean, I don't think the Dread Pirate Roberts would have killed them, but, <laughs> you know, it was it was fun. They yeah. played really well together. Let's talk about the actors, because there were some huge names in here. A lot of people this who, like, he'd either done great things or went on to become yeah, great like, things. Yeah, like Robin so. Wright, who was... Buddy yeah, King. Robin Wright. Oh, my goodness. She is so freaking <laughs> cute. I Okay, I, I can relate where Wesley's coming from. I would wait five years for 1987 Robin <laughs> Wright. I was like, oh, hot Yeah, damn. she was very, very young and very adorable back then. Absolutely. I mean, she's still pretty now, but... Oh, absolutely. She back, looks like she's aged like a day yeah, or two, back maybe. Then, yeah, back then she was she was pretty pretty great. Uh, Mandy yeah. Patinkin, he's Mandy Patinkin, amazing yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's got it's it's amazing like the wealth of stuff that he's gone yeah. on to do. Yeah, see, I always um, know him from Alien Nation because he was. Uh, I don't think I see that. Yeah, it's it's a it's, they turned into a TV series which I really liked. I do a whole podcast okay. on that as well. Uh-huh. But the, he did the movie version of it, and he was amazing in that. And of course, he does Criminal Minds. Yeah, uh, that's, I think that's what most people nowadays yeah, recognize. Yeah, because he did it for so months. long, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let's see. Let's start at the beginning. Favorite kind of scenes, moments, things that struck uh, you odd or different? There were – so, I mean, from the very beginning, like, having not seen this movie before, I was not expecting the opening scene. I'm like, oh, okay, it's this medieval fantasy, you know, action – like, you know, that sort of thing. And then it opens up on, like, a – an eight bit baseball video. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, wait, what? What's, yeah. what's going on? The storyteller kind of no <laughs> yeah. book kind of thing. Yeah. It, it was it was kind of like my same reaction to when I saw Cabin in the Woods for the first time. Like mm. it has this oh doom and gloom, and then it opens up in like an office, like no office yeah. rest face. And yeah. you're like, wait, yeah. is something wrong with the movie? What, what happened? Going on? Yeah, yeah. What am yeah. I watching? That's funny. <laughs> which 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 was funny. I didn't really uh I didn't really think about it in this context because I, I was referencing this other podcast I was listening to. Uh, about how movies sometimes have the difficulty of like their on and off ramps, like how they enter and leave a room to, mm-hmm. to quote them. And with, because of this frame narrative, as I, because as I understand it, William uh, Goldman, it was like a much longer running movie. Also, well, side William, note, William Goldman wrote the book. Yeah. He wrote the book yeah. and then he helped with the, with the screenplay is my understanding, which okay. also William Goldman apparently wrote a, he's like 
heralded as one of the greatest. Oh, you're right. He did. Like, he, he adapted it as well. So yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so having that, having that framework of this is a story about a story being told sort of thing allowed yes. him to kind of jump around to different parts of the book so yes. that it would for, for that movie format, which is great because yeah. it's like, that's always your, you're questioning like, okay, what do I need to keep in a movie? What do I need to cut in a movie sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And so just having that framework, you're, you can jump right back into the book, like wherever you need to, yeah. which, which, and now that I understand that it's a great move. Yeah. Which is great because the book is that way. So yeah. the book was perfect to be adapt, adapted for a movie because just as you said, they could do that. He could pick scenes because yeah. that book was, uh, the book's the same from scene to scene to scene as he's telling the story, you know, and he's picking his favorite stories parts of the story to tell it's easy to pull stuff out that you, you know really you really don't feel needs to be told absolutely and, and you just put it in the framework of you're reading a kid a book and yes. so you might okay well he's not gonna be interested in this part i'll just yeah, skip yeah, past yeah. that sort of thing yeah uh, speaking of uh fred savage who I, I i didn't recognize i recognized him at first but i wasn't sure why i recognized him and then i looked up <laughs> and was like oh my god that's fred savage uh yeah. and then um Very peter young. falk as yep. the grandfather yeah uh that was like I didn't recognize him at first. Another classic, they aged yeah, him so classic well. actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And plus, you know, I mean, you were you weren't even around when he was a big star back in the Columbia. Yeah, days. but I, I can I can I've I've learned that he's he, his, he had a great body of work, so yes. I can appreciate where he comes from. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they even got great people for those scenes, and they're you know yeah they're not I guess they're decent amount size because they're they ebb and flow throughout the entire. Well, movie. it's it's like they're they're the they're the framework for the movie yes. almost. So and so it's like it, you need you need to have a proper like. You need to have a sturdy structure in order to fill in the story around it, yeah. because otherwise you're just like, um, I'm not sure where we are right now. You yeah. know, it just you lose. You can have that risk of confusion. But I thought that they framed it very well. Yeah. So. All right. Any more uh, scenes? Oh, the the prince and his right hand man, uh, Chris Sarandon and Chris Guest, who I didn't recognize. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen some of these things, but when I looked when I looked at their filmography, I was like, oh wow, because uh, Chris because <laughs> Chris Sarandon was the voice of um, the main character in the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes, and I, I've not seen that. So if October rolls around and you haven't done that episode yet, I'd be happy to do there that. You go, yeah. Um, he was also apparently a, a uh, Academy nominee for Best Supporting Actor in Dog Day Afternoon, which I've heard is a great movie. I've never seen. Yeah, and then Christopher Guest, who was in this, is normally known for music, especially like his mockumentaries and This Is Planet. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I, I just people again, people like if you don't recognize them, like for who they are, like what they've done before, you, I feel like you don't truly appreciate what this whole confluence was. Yeah, and then you have the introduction of the three ne'er do wells: uh, Wallace Shawn, uh, Mandy Patinkin, and Andre the Giant. Who that is an incredible trifecta. <laughs> I also I, I didn't realize I was trying to figure out like what I knew Wallace Shawn from. He voiced Rex in Toy Story. And yes. now that I hear that voice, I'm like, oh, my God, that is obviously. Yeah, him. See, I know him as the Grand Nagus in uh, Deep Space Nine, Star Trek. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've only watched uh, the things. But yeah, yeah, definitely I haven't gotten around to DS9 yet. I've watched I've watched uh, Next Generation. I watched a little bit of the original series. Yeah. Um, so I haven't gotten to Deep Space Nine yet. But again, another actor yeah. with an incredible body. A very of work. recognizable voice as well. Yeah. And then Mandy Patinkin, who we've talked about. Yes. Uh, and then Andre the Giant, which was fascinating because he I don't think I'd ever actually seen him in a movie proper. But apparently he's like, a, I mean, not just apparently from the uh, movie because he had some great delivery and whatnot. Yeah. But apparently he's just he's, a funny guy in general. He's amazing. Yeah. Interesting side note. Apparently this movie had been in development or talked about for like upwards of like 10 years plus and the people who were making the movie originally wanted to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger in that role 
as Fezzik. Really? Yeah. And then by the time that it was finally getting full on, because this movie came out in 87, Arnold Schwarzenegger had been become so successful that they couldn't afford him. And so, but the funny thing was, is that apparently Goldman had wanted Andre the Giant in this role all along. And so like was pushing back against the studio. And then finally, when it got to the point, they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll have to do Andre the Giant now because we can't afford Schwarzenegger, (laughs) which which is interesting because like apparently Schwarzenegger was all for it. He definitely wanted to do the role. And then by the time it got off the ground, I don't know how would feel to have Schwarzenegger in that. Role. I don't know. I, I feel like so perfect for it, and his and his sense yeah. of humor and his timing is perfect for that kind of humor. Yeah, I can't see Arnold doing that. I I, I wonder. I can't help but wonder how young Arnold Schwarzenegger, like because they they were talking. They started making this movie. The book came out in what seventy three, seventy four. Yep. And I think it was like shortly after that where they started talking about a movie. So I I'd be curious to see how like mid seventies Schwarzenegger would have done. But you're right. Under the Giant just works so well for this role. Oh, yeah. The mid-70s Schwarzenegger didn't do much. Yeah, so, that's the thing. Even sure that was like early Schwarzenegger, would, which is yeah, how they – really early. Yeah. He would jump at anything, you know, as long yeah, as – Yeah, yeah. Um, although, uh, again, another thing about this trio, I feel like for – I feel like I wish either Wallace Shawn would have tried to affect a Sicilian – like, because apparently he was supposed to be Sicilian. Because mm-hmm. you've got uh, Mandy Patinkin doing a fairly decent uh, Spanish uh, accent, I yeah. think. Uh, Andre the Giant, who's apparently native French, and the story he's from, they found him in Greenland, but he's a native French. So you could he just easily said, like, oh, I found you in France or whatever. Yeah. I, for Wallace Shawn, his voice just does not, like, <laughs> you have his Spaniard, you have this <laughs> foreign guy, and then you have a Sicilian who sounds like he's from, you know, yeah. downtown, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like, that was, that was a little, there were a, a few nitpicks about this movie that, in, like, they do, they're more like just something to note. Yeah. Rather than like bringing down the story overall. Yeah. Well, you also mentioned, speaking of Wallace Shawn, is that you thought he was in it more because of his, yeah, his because quotable lines. So he's yeah, inconceivable. So and like, yeah. he, he just, he factors in so much, or at least he has such a notable role in that yeah. lexicon that you think it would have been around for longer, uh, which does bring me back to another interesting thing. Uh, I was a little disappointed to learn that episode, uh, spoilers for BBC Sherlock, if you've not watched this yet, <laughs> but that episode one of BBC Sherlock basically directly ripped off Princess Bride and then just put in a, didn't really put in a solution. They just kind of had like a a yeah. way to escape the solution. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, which was funny because I was like, when he started to pour the iodine powder, I was like, wait, are they really about to do what I think they're going to do? And I was like, oh man, damn. I mean, it was it was a great great idea. It was a, it was a funny little bit. Like, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter which one you drank. I put them in both because yeah, I developed yeah. a solution to iodine powder. Yeah. But yeah, so that was just a funny like, oh man, I, I did. Like finding finding things that culture has come to either pull or reference this movie for. Yeah, you know I mean, like yeah. this again. This movie has just become so woven into the pop culture lexicon. Yeah, it's just like which is crazy. Yeah, it's like you you can you can have seen the movie without having seen it just because you can quote all these different parts of it. Yeah, but it has to be nice to see where it's coming from. Yeah, to absolutely. Actually see it in context. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Why they're you know. That type yeah. of thing. Uh, another thing that caught me that I wasn't expecting, like, because this was 87, but I think this was like a low budget 87 thing. So we'd seen other, but the, uh, the creature effects, mm. I was surprised at how effective I found them. Like the eels, the mm-hmm. scree- the screeching eels, like genuinely looked like creepy. Yeah. The rodents of unusual size. I felt a little Muppetish to me at first until they actually started sinking teeth. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> no, get them off. Get them out of here. <laughs> Kill them. Kill it with fire. <laughs> yeah. That definitely wasn't bad for 87. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was surprised at how, how, uh, 
how those like pardon the pun but how those got their teeth into me i was like <laughs> oh god oh god no and those are just men <laughs> on their knees so yes they were puppet ish because yeah was just a man on his yeah. knees in a rat suit so. Yeah, so remarkably, remarkably effective. Yeah. As much as the Dread Pirate Roberts is, who apparently was actually based on an actual like historical pirate, like oh. the story of like, oh, the most successful pirate in history sort of thing. And how the story of how, you know, oh, it's not, I'm not the original guy. We just passed, yeah. on, passed on sort of thing. And with as much as things get like rebooted and like, are like based on IPs already as they get made these days, I could, I'd be very curious to see what they could do with the Dread Pirate Roberts series. Mm, I totally agree with you. Yeah, like on Netflix or like some. Yeah. I well, I guess Disney owns because uh, I found it on Disney Plus. I was like, man, Disney's buying up everything. <laughs> but so just to see Disney do a, a do an original series based on the Dread Pirate Roberts, especially because they have the experience with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, yeah, it'd be same. Yeah, like, like you get, I, I, I'd be story. so I'd be so fascinated to see like young Wesley like trying to survive in this environment and just learning how to become the badass that he yeah. becomes. Like learns his fencing, learns his intelligence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, because we can actually because it can be it can span over several you know generations they can always change the dread post oh yeah that's that's true too like you, you know, can, an actor you gets even... tired it's like a doctor who thing the actor gets tired three seasons are like okay well time to change him out you know yeah or or like uh if, if you wanted to do it more compact you could do it like uh avatar the last airbender where mm. you see like you have you have these cuts or like these glimpses of past uh yes iterances of roberts yeah and just see where they learn their lessons from or the, where you draw that inspiration from because that could be really that could be really fun to watch yeah what'd you think of uh billy crystal and carol kane's i did not recognize that as billy crystal i really? was just like i was like man this guy's got the jewish accent to top <laughs> them all and then it wasn't until like after the fact it's like oh shit that was billy crystal um and then uh I think I his wife I think was also somebody like Carol King Carol or something Kane. like that. Yeah, Carol King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big who I, who as I, well. I I didn't get around to looking up what she'd been in, but I just definitely sounded like a name actor yeah. in her own right. Yeah. But so there was there were some great bits. Although I do I would one another one of the things that hung hung up on me a little bit is like you have these names like Buttercup, you yes. have uh, Humperdinck, you have Fezzik, and then Max. <laughs> that just seems like <laughs> that just seems like it doesn't quite like mesh in to the world that you've built. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's your name, Bubba? <laughs> really? <laughs> Did like a witch curse you or something like that? <laughs> but yeah, so that name kind of like like. That just hung up on me a little bit, like caused me to stutter. Yeah, but uh, but no, it, those, that was a fun little scene. Yeah, I mean, they're only in it for a short amount of time, but they do have such a presence. Yeah. Have fun storming the castle. Yeah, so good, <laughs> so good. And which which then leads into uh, one of the most like. <laughs> When they are storming the castle, just like how they go about doing so, all the while lugging around an essentially carcass, yes. because Wesley's still trying to recover his motor skills and whatnot. Yep. And so Andre is having to like move him move around like a puppet. <laughs> yes, it, just, it was cracking me up so much. It was amazing. Yeah, I just I could not. And then <laughs> it was like. We've got the three of us. There's nothing else. If only we had a wheelbarrow. What about the other wheelbarrow? <laughs> Why didn't you mention that when you were talking about our list of goods? <laughs> just, so good. And then the Holocaust cloak, which Andre just like pulls out of his shirt <laughs> like a freaking magician. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the, the, so good. The whole storming the castle, like the third act, was just great. I yeah. that I that really like took me out on a great high. Yeah, and we got more fencing as well. Yeah, more fencing too. The six six fingered man and uh yeah Atoya. between the six fingered man and an ego. Oh, yeah, um, which I will I will be honest, like I genuinely thought like when uh when um what his name is uh, Count Tyrone Rugen when Count Tyrone like gets him with the dagger at the bottom of the stairwell, I genuinely mm. thought like oh. Is he gonna die? I was not expecting an ego to die. Yeah, and then you just see him like work through it. The which, will, yeah, the will yeah. of revenge. I know my name is Nigo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Yep. Yeah, that, again, like one of those moments that just caught me off guard. Like I was not expecting it to like have that effect on me. Yeah, and then the great bluff scene mm. where where, yes. we- where Wesley is like on the bed in uh on uh, in uh, Buttercup's room, <laughs> straight up bluffs Upper Tink into yeah. surrendering. So, yeah, which was funny because it actually kind of reminded me from a. Uh, it reminded me about a uh, a D and D session that I joined. Uh-huh. A friend of mine who hosts these like D and D events, uh, and sometimes they're in the form of like it's a one a one off battle royale sort of thing okay. where everybody has a character and it's like the last person standing wins. Yeah, um, and so I'd gotten off to a bad start early on. And like had no no equipment or anything, and I'm being chased down by this guy. Uh, so I finally do get to like a equipment card, like a flip over an equipment card sort of thing, and I flip it over, and it's Jack. It's like it was like maybe a pair of boots or something like that. <laughs> and my first thought was like, great, I'm dead. And then my second thought slowly starts to form, and as the guy's approaching, I start laughing maniacally. <laughs> he start he gives me this weird look, and I look at him, I look at the player, and I say, I'm going to give you this opportunity to walk away and it's like what (laughs) he's like i will give you this opportunity right now to walk away you don't want to know what this is you can walk away right now if you want to and that'll be the end of it and he's like no i'm not gonna do that the moment i turn around your your attack of opportunity get me in the back i'm like no no i will give you my word uh (laughs) i will swear on my father's life (laughs) that that i will not attack you you will not be harmed and so he waits it's like a moment or two later of him thinking and then he leaves and i managed to win the entire session because i got out of that one moment by bluffing uh, and he was just like oh my god it was, so, it, was, it, was so such it works gr- it works in real life yeah that's the thing you just have to have that you just have that that, that uh you have to be able to bluff like hell yeah and bluff like your life depended on it that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> very good but yeah this the movie was so it was filled with great moments i'm actually kind of surprised that i'm not praising it higher than i am mm. because it's like because we're l- listening to this episode i'm sure like oh man there's so many great moments and then i don't it's i'm a little surprised that i'm not like a oh my god i will watch that anytime somebody yeah. hasn't seen it for the first time yeah, yeah yeah which is which i can't i can't quite wrap my head around why and the only thing i can think of is like maybe it was because i just i felt like i was so literate on the movie mm-hmm. before having seen it and so that hasn't quite really worn off because i i never got around to finishing that episode of uh I'm just a quick shout out to them. Uh, Junk Food Cinema, a uh, great uh, movie podcast to listen to if you ever have a mind. But I, I still need to finish their episode about The Princess Bride. And that's where I started to learn about some of the incredible backstory behind this. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger or like I've been working, talking about it for 10 years and stuff yeah. like that. So I think I think I might, what I might end up doing, because it's on Disney Plus now. It's part of their library now. So if you've got it, you can watch it. I might finish listening to the episode and then see how much of a pull I have to go back and watch it again with that framework yeah, in mind. Yeah, that's what I was. Just, yeah. to, just, to, just to see how much I notice, like now that now that I know those little bits of trivia and whatnot, like seeing if that just amplifies it. For yeah, 
Maybe you know subsequent I mean? viewings will yeah. lighten it up. Because you already, you know, you enjoyed it. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. I was, definitely you did. You enjoyed it. Yeah. But someone like me who I can watch it, if it comes on TV or something. Like, that's my that, day. <laughs> there we go. going to watch this now. No nah, I guess I live here that. now. <laughs> yeah. Don't, I don't care where part it's on. I'll sit there and watch the whole thing. <laughs> and I think, you know, you can get to that. I've done that before, too, where I watch a movie and I'm like, okay. I liked it. I don't yeah. need to watch it again. And then somehow I do watch it again. I'm like, wow, you know what? I actually enjoyed it more the second yeah. time around, knowing what was going to happen, knowing more about it. It was more enjoyable to me. So who oh, knows? Yeah. And, I, and, I've, and I've even still had that happen for movies that I've watched like up teen times. And then I find out some new piece of info and I go back and watch it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this just it just makes it so much better. Yeah. So yeah. I am I am I do I do think I am going to try that and just see what happens. I mean, at the very least, so that some of the uh, more quotable lines will stick around with me because there's some great <laughs> some there's some great lines. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how much of this movie has become meme worthy. You know quotable. what I mean? Yes, it's probably yeah. one of the most quotable movies out there. Yeah, maybe 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 second. I mean, like Casablanca is the only one that I can think of that mm. might also be. But even Casablanca as, only has one or two lines. I feel like they got a good, bunch of great stuff. For Casablanca, uh, yeah. For Casablanca, uh, okay. yeah. Maybe I, I mean, well, uh, okay. So, so, so uh, like, admittedly, Casablanca is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, gotcha. So that could just be like, a, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm in my corner, you're in your corner. So, but um, but no, this is definitely this is definitely a great movie. And Good. anybody who anybody who hasn't watched watched it yet, or people who think they have watched it just because it's so mm-hmm. portable, uh, but you haven't, it's definitely definitely worth going to watch at least once just cool. for. If for nothing else, to f- fill in your cinematic education. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time and watching it and coming to me with your confession. It was a good reason to do so. Like, it yeah. was, there's, uh, like I've told you before, I have a laundry list of movies. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be hearing you seen. again. On, I'm looking gonna, forward to you'll it. You'll be a returning too. guest, I can tell. <laughs> but this was definitely one that I was like, I like, I f- it was definitely one of the ones that more is, is higher on that list of people who are like, oh my God, you haven't seen yeah. this yet? And yeah. I just, so this this was a great emphasis for me to finally like bite the bullet and, and take it. the time and watch it. And yeah. I'm glad I did. Good. Very good. All right. But before you go, I want to make sure we promote your stuff because you are an actor, working actor. You Thank have you. things out there, uh, any podcasts, yeah. any social media, anything you want to let everyone know. This will also be in show notes, just FYI. So you don't need to scra- scrabble for a pen or anything. I'll have nice. it all in the notes. So you can just go to the website and uh, – you can check it out. It's confessionsofafanboypodcast.com. Um, all right. So go. Shoot. What do you so, have? Okay. So um, William Cavett. Uh, Will Cavett is my stage name. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can follow me at – I'm surprised I don't have this off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I really should. Uh, Quigley underscore Cav, C-A-V. Um, Battle Group VR is now out on Steam. If you are a gamer, it is an outer space sci-fi fleet command sort of thing. Play one of the crew on the main ship. If you are working on a project and think I've got a great voice or would be willing to check me out, definitely let me know. I'm always looking for the next gig. And I'm definitely still at that stage where, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can't afford to demand too much money. And I could look for any project that I can. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely hit me up. All right, great. Well, thank you again, Will. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you to my listeners for tuning in. And we will talk to you again again soon. Bye. Check out the latest podcast to hit this quadrant. The Geek Roundtable. Join hosts as they sit down with fellow geeks to talk, well, geek. Star Wars, Star Trek, cosplay, fantasy, anime, Firefly, even My Little Pony. If it's geeky, we'll discuss it. King Arthur had his roundtable for his nights. And now it's time for us geeks to have ours. Come join in the fun and geek out with the Geek Roundtable. 
Find us on iTunes by searching The Geek Roundtable or visit our website, thegeekroundtable.com. That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. Confessions of a Fanboy is a Geeky Fanboy production and has a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Work 3.0 United States License All Rights Reserved Confessions of a Fanboy